Okay, today we come to Hebrews chapter 6. This is a, a very difficult chapter for uh, many to understand. It, it's, it's, and it's this for good reason. I mean, it's a, it is a difficult chapter to understand. It, at least it has a very difficult passage in it. Um, we've had a lot to say about warning so far in Hebrews, and we've, we'll have a lot more to say before we're through because there's, there's five major warnings in the book. Uh, this chapter has one of the most difficult warnings to understand in the, in the whole letter. It's really in verses 4 through 6. There is a lot we could discuss in this chapter, but I want to focus mainly on this warning. First, I want to look at the warning in particular. And second, I want to say a broader word about the function of warnings in general throughout Scripture, including the book of Hebrews. All right, so let's think first about this warning in particular. Here is the warning found in this chapter, verses 4 through 6. For... It is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who, has sh who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they then fall away, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. Now, these verses are fraught with difficulties for the interpreter. For one... There are words in it that aren't really used anywhere else in the New Testament to help us understand the clear meaning here. For example, enlightened and heavenly gift and tasted. For another, um, because of the uncommon vocabulary, it's difficult to know whether or not he's trying to warn those who are genuinely saved and born again, or if he's trying to warn those who are just nominally Christians and just half-heartedly involved and associated with the church. Some argue that being enlightened and tasting the heavenly gift and the powers of the age to come are ways of describing someone who is genuinely saved and born again. Others argue that those same words and phrases are poetic ways of describing someone who has been at some level involved in the church. For example, some understand tasted the heavenly gift to be a reference to like partaking the Lord's Supper and tasted the goodness of the Word of God to refer to hearing the preached word. You know, so in other words, some also look at those same words and say, no, it's not someone who's genuinely born again, but someone who's been involved in the church at some level. Well, this is a big difference <laughs> in interpreting the warning. If these descriptions are of genuine believers, then this is a warning implying that one can genuinely lose their salvation. If these are descriptions of those who are only nominally Christians because of casual affiliation with the church, then this warning doesn't imply that one can genuinely lose salvation, but rather that one genuinely needs to be saved. That's a big difference. Well, which one is it? Honestly, I, and I'm not trying to cop out, I think both are in view. <laughs> that it is simultaneously a warning to genuine Christians against falling away, uh, but more, but even more to nominal Christians who aren't genuinely born again and aren't taking the faith seriously. It's it's easy to understand uh, a warning against those who just think they're saved because they are they attend or are loosely associated with the church. They indeed need to be warned and need to seek a genuine saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What what isn't so easy to understand is how to understand um, a warning to a genuine believer. Um, uh, what we believe that the Bible, and we've said it before, and we'll, we've said it so many times, really, I mean, that, that genuine believers cannot lose their salvation. So if that's true, what is the purpose of warning them against falling away? Well, that gets to the nature and function 
of the warnings in general, which we'll turn to now. Let's think about the function of the warnings in general then. Well, for genuine believers, I believe the warnings are real. Um, that is, if, if a, a genuine believer turned away from Christ, then salvation would be lost. But... And, and, and if, if, if I were writing this, I would put it in all caps. <laughs> but genuine believers, again, all caps, never turn away from Christ. And these warnings help to ensure that that is the case. Let me give you what I believe is a good example of this from another place in Scripture. Maybe unlikely to some of you who've never heard me talk about this. And that is Acts chapter 27. This will, um, yeah, this will be uh, ho hopefully helpful and enlightening to you. Uh, not, no pun intended. <laughs> that's, just, that's the word that, uh, that, that the author used in, in the warning. Uh, looking at Acts 27, uh, Paul is on a ship sailing for Rome for trial. Uh, and beginning in, in uh, verse 27, if, you, if it'll help you, turn, if you have your Bible, you go ahead and turn to Acts 27 and it'll help you look at it. Otherwise, because we're going to be making a lot of uh, reference to different verses, and it may help to look at it. If not, just listen carefully. Uh, beginning in verse 13, Luke describes, uh, Luke who wrote Acts, he's describing the, the increasing intensity of a storm at sea. Remember, they're on a ship sailing for Rome. An incredibly intense storm at sea. By verse 18 of Acts 27, uh, it says that they were being violently storm-tossed. Well, I suppose Paul could sense anxiety among the sailors. So in verse 22, he makes them a promise. Note that. He makes them a promise. He says, Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. In other words, nobody's going to die. That's a promise. <laughs> the ship probably won't make it, but the people will be saved. That's a promise. Well, how did he know that? How could Paul make such a promise? Well, he says in verses 23 and 24 that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and told him that they would make it safely to Rome. So again, he tells them again in verse 25, I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. That's the promise. Nobody will die. But then something interesting happens. Several days later, they faced another potential danger while still at sea. Um, and Luke tells us in verse 30 that, again, the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship. It appears that they were going to make use of the lifeboat or something like that. But when Paul found out about it, what did he do? He issued a warning to them. He said in verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. In other words, jump and you will die. But wait a minute. I thought Paul already back in verses 22 and 25 had already made them a promise that nobody would die. Now he's giving them a warning that if they jump, they will die. How does that work? Well, here, here, here's where we get to the important point. In this story, um, after Paul issued the warning, it says in verse 32 that the sailors uh, the, the, the sailors cut away the, uh, the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. In other words, they stayed in the boat. 
the warning caused them to stay in the boat, which caused them to live just as God had promised. The warning aided the promise. The warning kept them in the boat, which kept them alive, which kept the promise Paul made to them come true. And I believe this is exactly the way uh, that this warning is functioning in Hebrews 6, and all the warnings in Hebrews are functioning for genuine believers. God has made abundant promises that if we have been truly saved and born again, then we will never lose that salvation. No one can snatch you out of my Father's hand. But many times we are tempted to veer off the straight and narrow path, and God uses warnings to keep us on the path of salvation. The warnings help uh, God's promise come true in our lives. The warnings keep us coming back to Jesus in repentance and faith. And that is how it happens that we make it to the end and Jesus raises us up on the last day. The warnings don't contradict the promise. They help fulfill the promise. It is very true that if those sailors jumped, they would die. It is also very true that if we turn away from Jesus, we won't be saved. But in both cases, the warnings... Uh, uh, kicked in to help the promises come true. Paul warned them, they stayed in the boat, and they lived just as promised. Hebrews warns us, and we stay trusting in Christ, and we are saved in the end just as promised. And so if you um, read these warnings in Hebrews and, and it, it produces some sort of fearful uh, response in your heart to these warnings, that's actually a good sign <laughs> that the warnings are doing exactly what they are intended to do. If there was no life in your heart, if, if you were not a born-again believer, you would read these warnings and it would affect you in no way whatsoever. So let the warnings do their work and keep pushing you on to faithfulness in Jesus Christ. Just a couple of thoughts from Hebrews chapter 6.